So I got a question from a friend of mine, and he asked me, what do you think is like the good thing about COVID? And I say, it's a, it's a really hard moment right now. But um, if you see a silver lining of COVID, we realize how vulnerable we are as humans first. Second, how fast you can diet. Third, you start value what you have. Fourth, I believe that um, after all these people that have died, we are going to realize that we need to start making our own produce back to U.S. again. Because we are just the fact of all our doctors and nurses didn't have PPE. It was really, really sad. I have a friend of mine who I was really worried for her. She has two daughters. One is one year and the other one is eight, eight or nine. And she works in the NICU. So she told me, Nadia, I'm really scared. I just have two, two um, covers, two gloves, two pairs of um, masks. That's it. Thanks God, I found a group who is making face shields. And I told them, hey, I need these face shields here in San Francisco. And I was able to get it for these people. So... I'm happy that at least, she said, she said to me, I, I'm happy that at least, you know, I have a face shield now that I can talk to the babies. Because if I'm, if I'm going to, she's just in the NICU, but obviously there are patients everywhere. And she said how scared she feels. Um, so other thing that we realize well, that we have to produce our own, our own things here now. Everything has been made here. Um, another thing is the fact of uh, realizing that this is going to get even worse because are now all the fruit, all the vegetables, the milk is not getting anywhere. So we are going to come into a big, big recession where I'm telling you already, please start planting your little fruit, your, your, everything you need, like, start planting, start planting, because by the time we finish this lockdown, outside is going to be way expensive, and second, it's going to be really, really zero produce, that's what I think, and mother nature is good, but at the same time, we hopefully we will get more fruits but i don't think us is ready honestly um that's why i believe you have to start doing your own your own food now cuz it can get really scary um the other good thing i believe is that um like I was talking to a friend of mine, if there is a moment that they realize that they don't have doctors, they're going to start including um, doctors that haven't passed the bar, but are doctors in different countries that have documents first, obviously. Doctors that are able to work here in U.S. that were professionals in their country, like my case. I was a lawyer back in El Salvador. And 
I haven't done my bar exam. So for I haven't done it because I haven't studied. Uh, but for XYZ, they run out of people in the medical field because the medical field is easy, I would say, and, and all this labor stuff because it's the same body. The legal field is a little different because we have different laws, but um, they might even need lawyers from, from El Salvador to, to work here. So what I'm saying is that it can, now with this percentage of people that have died, it brings an opportunities for more for doctors to, to hopefully, or maybe they will do Everybody that are doctors come here. We're going to do a, a bar exam for everybody, you know, like like put the, a big group to make exams. Um, that's what I believe it could, it could probably happen. Like show me your skills, right? And, and maybe do a little curve there for them to pass. At the same time, I mean, imagine how many people have died. Imagine, imagine um, there are a lot of people here that are ITs in their countries and they're here, you know, doing jobs that they shouldn't, but they don't have opportunities. I know a father, a father of a kid um, who he's Brazilian and they don't have documents. He's IT and he's doing over here. Why? Because he doesn't have paper. But if you put him in front of a machine, he will explode. I have another friend of mine. He has documents, and um, but he haven't been able to get a job. But he's IT in El Salvador, and he was a good IT in El Salvador, but here he haven't practiced, so he's working in a hotel. In so many cases like that, I believe they're going to be in a moment that they will say, okay, show me what, what was your career back in your country, and maybe we can... We're going to start doing that. And that's something that U.S. doesn't have, honestly, because, for example, uh, the, same bro- the same group that I'm talking to you, they live in Germany now. Um, one of them is a doctor. and he's, He was telling me, like, how it is right now in, in Germany. Um, but also he was, he was saying in the time of immigration, uh, in the time of immigration, um, one of the first things the government was doing is telling people, show me your diplomas. What what are you able to do? And they say, okay, you know, you, you speak German? No, okay, so you have this diploma, we're going to put you in intensive classes. And something that is beautiful in Germany is that they have universities for free completely. So I met a friend of mine, we met in El Salvador, and he fell in love with a with a beautiful German girl who was my friend. So um, he was just a social worker working in a nonprofit in El Salvador. And she got there and they fall in love. Um, they got married and then he moved to Germany. And he said to me, Nadia, in El Salvador, I didn't even have an opportunity to study any university at all. I was working in the nonprofit because I did like, I always liked that, that area and I wanted to help. Um, but he came to Germany, he started studying engineering, they put him to study German as soon as he arrived in the university, he had university for free. So 
the system, it works so good for him because he was able to become a professional. And then from now on, he's just running his own thing. And, you know, that's that's the thing. I feel like um, there is a lot of things that needs to be done here. For example, I know another great doctor who is here from Nicaragua. And, and it's funny because she, now she's taking care of kids, like helping in the school with my son. But she's a real doctor, and she told me. Uh, every time I see my kids are a little fever or something, I go to her and I ask her, hey, what do you think they have? And she's like, so accurate in everything, so accurate. And and I'm like, I wish you could you could practice. And she's like, I, I know, I wish that I can do it too because in my heart it's just serving people, you know, but I haven't passed the bar. So what I'm saying is that I'm... I believe that's something that it will happen. Also, obviously, after a war, you just became you just need labor, labor hands. So if the pandemic goes really crazy, they might need immigrants to to help um, build a country, and they are already here. You know, they won't think about when when you have a slave and you have a war. In that moment, you might need the the, the slave to serve you. And that's how I see the government sees immigration as a slaves. Um, and it's sad, you know, I mean, when I talk about immigration and when people talk to me about immigration, I just feel like my heart broken. Because um, I have heard so many stories, so many stories. Sad stories. Um... And I get it why people try to come here. But at the same time, it's an anger and frustration because I was in that in those shoes too. But um but in that moment I was not able well, you know, I, I did remember I was criticizing my university in the time I was in a in a Jesuit school. It's called UCA and um I remember the director is he's a big Jesuit guy who appears Every time in El Salvador talking is him. So I remember we were in a philosophy class. I like philosophy a lot. And um, he said to us, well, you know, we're training you to be people who helps community. And I think that because I still have that on me that I really care for people. But I was like that even before the university came. Um, so he came to me, he came to the class and said, I want you guys to have love for people and, and work for the people. And I raised my hand and I say, okay, you want me to do all my job and give it for free for other people, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I ask you the question and the question is really simple. Tell me how many scholarships you guys give away. You, like no paid for anybody, just paid by the university. Because Jesuits university are really, really expensive. So he was like, uh, and he said, bottom line, zero. So he said, oh, honestly, we give away zero. And the class is over. And he left that room. 
and he didn't show up. Like he was, he realized that I put him in a mirror and said, look at your, look at you, like, tell me. But I was not trying. I was just wanting to know how many scholarships they are really giving. And, and their answer was zero for the whole profit that they do. So I was like, what the fuck are you talking to me? The other time, um, there was a friend of mine who he, 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 he was in a wheelchair and in the same university. He was in a wheelchair. He was a wealthy guy. So he had a, somebody who was always thinking, taking care of him. So, but what I want to say is the class that we were having, that it was, uh, I don't know, um, what was it? Processal penal, like um, the process of a judicial process. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the terms. See, that's why I need to study. Um, so that class, it was in the last, in the, in the tallest building, in the last room, in the, I don't know, it was the fourth floor, fifth floor. In the last one, it was the class. So you see his, his um, caregiver caring a guy who was, who, Carlos, he was around 27. He was heavy, and he was skinny, but heavy, in a wheelchair that he was really heavy. And there was no way to take him over there. So he was all the way on the top. And because he had a caregiver, he was able to go to that class. So in that university, they have the human rights and respect to others and blah, blah, blah. So I remember I felt so sad because I said, this guy has a servant or somebody who works for him, who he pays a lot of money and because he's wealthy and he's able to lift him up all the way. And the guy was really big muscles and the and I said, he's able to take him all the way on the top, right? So I wrote a card, a big letter, a big letter to the, to the same um, uh, director of the university or, or whatever. How do you call it here? Dean, the dean of the university and the, um, well, the board with CC, the board, ICC the Department of Human Rights in the university. And I says, this is not acceptable. You guys talk in the news all the time about human rights. You guys talk about uh, discrimination. You guys talk about, um, you know, special needs and everything. And what you guys are doing is not acceptable. I have a classmate who is with me receiving law school who, who you guys haven't even considered that he's having that class in the first, in the last building, the tallest building in the last level. And you guys talk about human rights and you guys, I said so much stuff that I said, oh my God, they're gonna kick me out. But you know what? So after that, they start doing ramps. They did an elevator. They realized it was true. And I maybe because I put him CC everybody, <laughs> I didn't care. I CC every body that I knew that it was in power. And I say, this is ridiculous. You guys need to pay attention how percentage of the people that we have 
have these abilities for you guys to give a class in the last building, the tallest building, the last room. Come on, guys. This is ridiculous. So after that, they changed him and they were always checking on him. But because somebody said it, right? And he didn't even say it. I don't know. what he was used to. He was used to. And that's El Salvador. So what I want to say. Why say this? Oh, well, what I want to say is <laughs> that um, in a war or in anything, you need to know the people that are that are around you. You know, you need to know the people that are coming. And you need to know what are their skills. What type of people you're accepting and the point is to accept them and to incorporate them as soon as they can to be part of the new community so i believe after this pandemic um a lot of things are going to change for the good for the good because we're going to realize how vulnerable we are in And we are going to realize that um, everybody, everybody deserves to have um, some type of opportunity. But, so you guys know, sometimes I like to listen to, listen to or read uh, theology. And I've, I enjoy the Bible a lot. Because it's a little weird. <laughs> so because I like this book a lot. Because it brings my, my brain to think, right? So I was reading the Bible. Well, no, I was... I was reading the Bible and then... I was reading what Jesus said about the end of the times. So he brings you back. It's funny. This is funny. That's why I, I enjoy the Bible because it brings you from back one book to another book to another book. So it brings you from one book to another. And then Jesus is talking and he say, well, when somebody asks him, like, what, when do you think it's going to be the end? And then he say, well, you remember what Daniel said? And people were like, eh, what, he's, what the fuck is talking <laughs> And then so I start reading Daniel. And I think I told you guys about Daniel. The interesting part of Daniel at the end of the book is the numerology that he says, right? When it's going to be the end. So that's what he's talking about. Basically, Jesus is telling them that part. Like, check out the times that Daniel says. And Daniel mentioned Jeremiah. Hi, mi amor. Can you close the door, please? Yeah, when I finish this, okay? Can you close the door for a few minutes, please? I'm almost done. Please? Thank you. Close the door. Close the door. Close the door. David. <laughs> I'm almost done. Okay. Okay, <laughs> go. So, Daniel, he sent you back to Jeremiah. He mentioned something about Jeremiah. And then, I, I, now I'm reading Jeremiah. But what I want to say, yeah? 
Give me a second. So what I want to read is just this. Jeremiah 5 and 6. No, I'm sorry. It's Jeremiah 7. I'm going to read from 5. 5 and 6. 5 and 6. Fuck. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Thank you for waiting. I'm reading the New International Version. And that's the thing also, you know, I did study a little bit of Greek and, and, and Jew. And the Bible itself, the Bible that you sometimes read is a bad translation. So this is a new international version. I don't really like that one. I think it's too, too like millennial. Um, the one that I did like a lot is Reina Valera. Why it's called like that? Because Reina and Valera start trying to translate it, and they did this type. But when you study the real, the real Torah in the real way, you realize the translation is really different, and the meaning of the words are different. I didn't study the whole thing, and the New Testament is in Greek, and even I received maybe four or five classes in Greek, so I don't understand it at all. Don't think like oh. No, I don't understand it, but when the when the teachers were translating it, it was way, 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 way different than this shit. But whatever. So it says, if you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you do not oppress the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, the fatherless, I'm sorry. <laughs> If you don't, do not oppress the foreigners, the fatherless, <laughs> or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your own harm. So that's really hard when it says, if you do not oppress the foreigner. And and that's when when you realize, you know, like it opens uh, a different spectrum. But what I like also is when it says, if you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly. And the one that I'm reading is in Spanish, and it says, If you do justice, like pure justice, like real justice, because now we know justice is so crooked too. It depends how much you have is how the penalty will be. So that's what the book is talking about, like how really give the people what they deserve, like if they have been not just, not completely honest, right? So, well, I'm just leave you with that idea. And um, 
I just want to say that I have been grateful to to be today, even today alive, you know, and really I feel so, so impacted by all these doctors that are working really hard and Some of my friends in El Salvador are really worried because they don't have nothing. And even I was sending them um, ideas how to make a face shield manually for them to cover them their, themselves. Um, and they were taking it, the advice and they were saying thank you, you know, like thanks for giving us the ideas to what to do because we, at least here, We have some people that can make face heels, but in El Salvador, they have less resource than us, less, less resource. And I don't know, it's really sad. It's really sad because there are people really dying of hunger. And when you see that, it's like, What do you want them to do? Die from hunger or die from coronavirus? Or... I know the president and personally we, we had few classes in the university together. So um, he's doing what he can. And he has reduced the, the curve. But this is really scary. And Honestly, my, my country doesn't have the technology to, to fight this at all, at all, not even medicines. The public hospitals are really bad, so I'm already feel sad for, for what my friends are going to deal with as doctors. So God bless all those doctors that are in the front line, honestly. <laughs> honestly. Okay, guys, I gotta go. Another day I will tell you the story of my, my, uh, I don't know, another thing. <laughs> okay, take care, bye.